We're back with a bit of a Smorgasbord Sky Talkers episode. We're taking a deeper look at the art of the rise of Skywalker, the cover, and answering your questions about everything that's been released in the past few weeks. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to the return of the Smorgasbord. <laughs> the so rise excited. of Smorgasbord. <gasps> yes. I wrote Look, it in I the show notes, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I was not surprised. <laughs> and I, wrote, I like, didn't read it, though. <laughs> Yeah, so longtime listeners will know that I feel like we haven't done a smorgasbord. Oh, we haven't. In, no. in, in, like in a year, literally a year. Um, I would say two years. <laughs> it's been a long time, but Sh- Charlotte and I used to do smorgasbord episodes, which were basically three parts of completely disparate topics. Like there was no theme; it was just whatever. <laughs> we wanted to talk about and we called it the smorgasbord like a smorgasbord clearly um <laughs> but like obviously. porgs had just recently been introduced yeah <laughs> into like the lexicons so we were like oh my god porg porg so- <laughs> and porg yeah sound alike <laughs> so clearly we should run with that and run we did <laughs> and then we stopped running yeah. <laughs> with it but now we're back which, like, it's not a tradi- traditional smorgasbord episode. No. In this episode, I really just was, like, desperate to talk more about the art of the Rise of Skywalker cover that was released on May the 4th in on in-depth way. So this is kind of our excuse to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to be taking your listener questions about your own smorgasbords of questions about anything and everything that has been released in the Star Wars world in the past couple of weeks, things we've missed and haven't talked about because there has been a lot. Yeah. So that's what that's what we're going to be doing this episode. Let's so if you've listened to a past smorgasbord episode, please tell us and tell us how this one compares. Should we do more smorgasbords? How many times can we say smorgasbord? I don't know. I'm kind of done with it. Let's retire it. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> it's just so much, Caitlin. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's so fun. What do you mean retire it? We just put it in the show notes and we're like, oh my God, so great. Welcome back, Smorgasbord. <laughs> Five minutes later, Charlotte's like, we out. <laughs> Done. I'm ready to retire it again. Stop running with it. <laughs> We did at least like three to four smorgasbord episodes in 2017. Okay. Right. Can we not say smorgasbord for like 10 minutes? Did no smorgasbord episodes in 2018. And now we're back in 2019 with the first smorgasbord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So in part one, we're going to be talking about that Ray and Kylo book cover. And in part two, we're going to be taking listener questions. So without further ado, let's get started in this smorgasbord. <laughs> so who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Okay, part one. Welcome to part one of the smorgasbord. 
<laughs> All right, now I'm done. Now I'm done. Okay. Okay, so the cover of The Art of the Rise of Skywalker by Phil Sozdak. The funny thing about this story, about this book and when it was released, is that if you guys follow us on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I was making Dio cookies on May the 4th. I was trying to make Dio cookies. And then we were also getting ready. You succeeded. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I pretty much – it's pretty much spot on. <laughs> and so I was making Dio cookies and Charlotte was getting ready to record our Master and Apprentice episode. But when the cover for this book released, we literally got derailed for I think about two hours. <laughs> and at one point we were like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be recording right now. I I literally posted like – six tweets in a row with the mm-hmm. cover and a meme attached to it. Charlotte was getting a lot of use and out of it. I forgot we were going to be recording because I was so distracted by that. And that's why we needed to have our own episode to discuss this, just because I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And it completely derailed my entire brain. So obviously we need to talk about it. And you know what? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> okay. So what was your th- what was your first meme reaction when you saw the art Not of even the a meme reaction. I just feel like this was the first time I've seen in in you two in the Rise of Skywalker. I think like any indication that Ray and Kylo are going to share. I, I I hesitate to say this because I think the first scene in the the Rise of Skywalker teaser has Kylo in it in the Tie Fighter, but like you don't see his helmet. There's like still debate in the fandom about whether or not that's Kylo. I know it's Kylo, but I think this is the first time that we see their shared scene together, you know? Mm -hmm. And it just made me so excited because just the the emotions and this imagery that this cover evokes is like basically so in line with how I feel like the movie is going to go. And I love it so much. And just also thinking these are – the art of books are some of my favorites. And I have such good memories of – the day after we see the midnight premiere of going to Barnes and Noble afterwards and like searching frantically for the art of books mm-hmm. with some to sometimes I can, uh, sometimes I'm able to find them. Sometimes I'm not like I can, I was, it was a really hard time finding like the physical copy of the solo one. I had to order it on Amazon, but I love these books so much. And for the, the force awakens one has, Kylo on the cover, The Last Jedi one has uh, Rey on the cover, and the fact that now here we have them both on the cover together is just, it's so, like, it, it goes into line with, like, how I think about the sequel trilogy so much that it was mm-hmm. just such a joy to see. It feels, like, reassuring in a yeah. weird way. Um, it reminds me, like, the, the the layout of this cover, and, and I think it goes without saying, of course, that this is concept art. So it can't be taken exactly literally, but it's definitely where their minds were, the the art directors and and the story. That said, each cover in the last time has been included in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know if that's necessarily a given. I would be ecstatic if it was, and of course, I would like. But I think it. there's probably like a ninety five percent. Oh yeah, that's some some kind of scene similar to what we see here will be represented on screen. Yeah, maybe not. Like word for word, for lack of a better phrase, as it's a picture and not a mm-hmm. word. Um, 
But this, so the, the layout of this reminded me a lot of the poster reveal for The Last Jedi when we were at Celebration. Do you remember how this poster was revealed? At first, they just showed the top of it and with the title, and then it revealed the whole poster with like Ray at the bottom, or no. It showed the picture of Rey at the bottom, and then it went up and showed Luke and Kylo there with the lightsaber going in between them, and it completely blew our blew our minds. Like it was like there's so more, iconic. Yeah, there's more to the image, and this is kind of how I felt. It's like oh, like if you just look at the top half of it, it's like oh, there's Rey, but then you realize like oh my god, there's Kylo directly below her like in a parallel, in a mirrored, a literal mirrored image and stance. It's so funny that you mentioned that because at the top of StarWars.com at this uh, press release for the May the 4th books, when you're scrolling through all of them, that's the image that it's just Ray that they use at the top or it's like what they had as their header on StarWars.com mm-hmm. that day. So like it wasn't until you scrolled down that you saw the full image just like this yeah. that you saw Kylo too. It's just, it's like, whew. It's fine. It's like, you know, those memes on Twitter that are like, open for a surprise. Then you click on the picture and there's like this whole like crazy thing at the bottom of it. <laughs> yes. Open for a surprise. A- Kylo. Kylo is the surprise. Kylo is always <laughs> a surprise. A welcome surprise. <laughs> but like Charlotte said, I think this definitely – it falls in line with a lot of the direction that we think the sequel trilogy is going. I mean, what do we – I mean, if you have your Sky Talkers bingo, you can scratch off us talking about the balance or something similar like that <laughs> um, because – I think it's just Raylo. <laughs> It's just right. Um, because whenever we talk about Ray and Kylo, we're always talking about the idea of them balancing each other out, um, of them being two halves of a protagonist, yin and yang. And this image really speaks to that. I mean, and also like we also love talking about color theory and the idea that like Kylo is backed by blue and Ray is backed by red and the red lightsaber comes into Ray's space and the blue lightsaber comes into Kylo's space, but in the middle where they meet, it's white. <sighs> it is so yin and yang totally that, yang. well, like, okay, so on the surface, what is this image? It's your hero and your villain fighting. But when you look a little bit deeper, obviously it's so much more than that because you see Ray and where is Ray? Is she on Mustafar? What's happening? Someplace rocky. Yeah, and so then you see Kylo who is below and it's it's like where is Kylo? If you flip the image around, you see that he's on a like it's a similar terrain, but it looks like there's mountains and like a, maybe a village in the distance or something mm-hmm. that's lit. And, like, maybe he's standing in front of water. But so then you have, like, the the balance between, like, fire behind Rey and then, like, water, almost serenity behind Kylo, which is really interesting mix, honestly, mm-hmm. given that's how I would describe both. Like, I would put each uh, attribute to the other character. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, when you – and then also kind of what we associate these colors with in the Star Wars world – it could also be speaking to the emotional turmoil that they're both going through throughout this film. Like behind Ray, there is the the red, which we kind of associate with evil um, or with the dark side. And then blue, of course, behind Kylo. But this blue, the blue behind Kylo is interesting because it's not like a, it's not a light side blue. It's, mm. it's like a, it's like a darker. Would you say it's like the the same color as what the logo is? Mm, possibly. I don't I don't know if I really want to get into blue versus purple in the logo. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, it's like a it's like an underwater. It's like a deep underwater blue. I think is kind of the best mm-hmm. way to describe it. Um, but it reminds me a lot. I remember I did this like little tiny Twitter thread. I think last year, some at some point, um, comparing the scenes of when Luke is thinking about killing Ben Solo and when Kylo kills Han. And the colors behind them, like, kind of have this same switch where, like, they, you know, like, behind Luke, it's, like, blue and green, which are colors we associate with the good. But he's doing this, like, really evil deed in that moment or contemplating it anyway. And kind of, like, I don't know, just how those meanings can shift and change. But even though Luke was doing an evil thing, we still think of him as, like, a good person and how, like, you can – you can keep those dualities within you, which is what we're always talking about with Star Wars. And I don't know, this image just like completely says yes to that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love the idea also of the artist drawing, like which one do you think they drew first? Did they draw draw Ray first? And when they look at this image, are they looking at Kylo? Mm. And like, I I don't know, like it's, um, I just keep thinking about, who is where? <laughs> yeah. So I almost like when you flipped over, we're, we're looking at the image right now and we're kind of flipping it over and over and over again. When you look at Kylo's planet or wherever he is, it looks like almost that planet that we saw the ship going into right after the TIE fighter scene in the teaser. Mm-hmm. Do you know, what I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like kind of looks a little un- like uh, underwater, but it's not Mercury. actually underwater. Yeah, so it that's that's really interesting to me that like me, that's where I would place him, but I also think that it's there's <laughs> there's like zero denoting evidence for that that that's just my guess. Yeah. But then I think Ray is very clearly to me in Mustafar, which is so crazy. I think it see when I look at it, I don't think of attributing this scene to like specific places. I think of it more as like what is the composition of the image telling us not so much like about the characters themselves, not so much about the story and where they are. Um, but I think that, that so what, what does that mean? I, for me, I think it means that it's like, it's just like, yes, they are the balance. Yes. They are protagonists. Yes. They both have light and dark within them based on the colors, based on how they're mirroring each other, how both of their lightsabers like enter into the other spaces. They meet in the middle to create this pure white light. Um, and that's, that's the conclusion. Some form of that is where we're heading to in this story. Um, for me, that's what I think the image is saying the most. Like, that's what I pull from it rather than thinking about, okay, where is this specifically in the story? I don't think that's wrong to think of it like that, but that's like where mine, mine goes to first. Whereas I think yours is like, oh, mm-hmm. she's on Mustafar. What does that mean if she is on Mustafar? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, to me, that is completely crazy and thinking about kylo potentially on a planet that we saw in the teaser is less crazy so i'm just like i'm thinking about like if this is in the movie what is even happening and the fact that ray and kylo have the same like the literal same (laughs) um foot placement and leg placement Mm -hmm. and if i was like to analyze this as someone who loves art i'd say Something that's crazy also, I mean, it's not crazy. It's part of Kylo's costume design, but his cape is so long. It's like, it's almost like his shadow. Yeah. And it is obviously larger on him than in Rey because he has this battle. He battles like this darkness and that is so behind him. It is, it is, it, it 
is his past, but what is in front of him, um, what is in front of him is Ray. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. That's what I think of as well. And when you zoom in really close, you can see all the lines on the helmet. Yeah, though. I know. That's why I was zooming in. What I think is kind of going off what you were talking about, about the terrain where they are. And like Charlotte said, we have the image in Google, in our Google doc right now with our show notes. And we keep kind of flipping it around and around <laughs> and enlarging it and making it smaller. Like literally Caitlin like keeps flipping it around. <laughs> so Charlotte is like, uh, what was I saying? Because you're just watching me turn the image in the Google doc. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting, I was just saying how I am more interested in the like color symbolism and the composition symbolism here. But once I zoomed it in, looking at Kylo now on top, the terrain behind him almost looks like waves. Like, yeah, like, I really do think it's water yeah. because even even if you flip – so if you flip over the image and it's Kylo, you even see these waves kind of reflected on Ray's side as well. Yeah. Like the – whatever is happening with the lightsabers is like merging a little bit mm-hmm. and like almost like the water on the glove in The Last Jedi mm-hmm. – it's like getting inside of whatever yeah. Ray's side is. God, it's really beautiful on Kylo's mask, like the light play on his mask, like to really illuminate the the Kintsugi lines. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really good. And then, kind of what you were saying too about the shadow aspect of like Kylo's cape behind him, and and perhaps like a metaphor for the weight he carries with him and the darkness as well. It is quite um, like it fades out. Like the the mm-hmm. lines of the of the cape are like really soft compared to other parts of the image. Yeah. So, what about the fact that his his arm, his hand is like? What is is he reaching towards her? Is he just like trying to gain balance? Yeah. So this is this is the only part that's really different about their stance is that Ray has both hands on the lightsaber, and Kylo only, and she looks very, like you can see the muscles in her arms. Very determined. Very what? Determined. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Kylo, he only has one hand on his lightsaber, and his other hand looking at it here it looks like he's using the force like pulling something towards him or trying to like it almost looks like his fingers are curled um like they're definitely spread out so he's i think he's he's calling something to him with the force do you do you think he's calling her or do you think that she is calling him into his like okay so if if there's two worlds represented which one is pulling the other or are they just fighting I think they will be fighting at one point in the film. I don't know if that's what's happening here. Maybe they are, but it, like I think this is hard because like I think they are their relationship is in a rough spot throughout episode 9. I fully expect them to fight a couple of times. Yeah, but I think it'll also be like wouldn't it be great if they're like shouting at each other <laughs> while they're fighting? No, that's what I want. Like, I said that before where I was like I cannot wait for that banter. Yeah. Like it has I to be there. I yeah, I really just want that, like, almost like trash talking. Yeah. I really – not on Ray's end, not Kylo's, on Ray's end. Kylo would never. I, no. I just feel like – I mean, he probably would. But <laughs> I feel like Ray being like, I'll never join you or something like that, like something great, mm-hmm. would be – it will just be so entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Or like, I trusted you and you just let me down. yeah can't believe you would do that yeah and now 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 look palpatine's back and this is all your fault yeah <laughs> and like, like, you, you, like yeah like, like your stupid mask like you know so you've like got that, that back 
Yeah, exactly. See, I want I want that because they do have a history. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, so if I were to editorialize a little bit about this image, though, and I'm definitely not the first person to say this, but in a way, she looks so determined and using two arms that it's almost like he's she's cutting him out um, mm-hmm. of wherever he is or like something is happening where I, I don't I don't 100% think that they are fully fighting. I think that there's something more going on that the the arm is strange to me and i'm like i don't think that ray if she is in this fiery planet that's probably mustafar would want to be there so that's why i'm like oh kylo's pulling her but i'm not sure yeah it's like it's it's like a moment of desperation between yeah. the two of them but who's who's more desperate and for what depends a lot on where they are and mm-hmm. what's going on Another thing I thought of is the Persephone and Hades myth mm-hmm. where – and we've talked about this before about – and uh, again, we're not the first people to make any sort of comparison b- between Persephone and Hades and Ray and Kylo. But I think a, a big portion of, you know, in The Last Jedi when they go to Snoke's boudoir and um, they essentially descend into hell. Like that's why Ray's in a coffin. It's it's all the imagery is there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Persephone, Queen of the Underworld, like, to me, I can't help but think that here is Persephone in Rey, Queen of the Underworld, like, wherever she is right now, which is just fiery and hellish, pulling Hades out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's easy for me to draw that conclusion because I already kind of think about that in my mind, but, um, I wonder if the artist also thought about that. Yeah. I wonder too. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a good comparison to make since Kylo is below her king of the underworld and queen of the underworld too. But what's great about Persephone is that not only is she the queen of the underworld, but she's also linked to the goddess of springtime and like, sunshine <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know balance. ray of light you mean balance <laughs> yeah 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 i think ray of light would be fitting. <laughs> <laughs> i think that means something <laughs> i just it, it also kind of reminds me too of our conversation about i think we talked about this in our teaser analysis like our actual analysis about ray and kylo kind of going to this new this like type of world between worlds not the world between worlds that we saw in rebels but like a similar place Mm -hmm. and this is actually perfect because today randomly on youtube when i was on my lunch when i was eating lunch at work i was watching youtube and the epilogue of rebels season four was just like hey you want to watch me and i was like yeah sure and then i was crying um relatable right and then then, um they had the the next suggested thing was the rebels recon for the episodes wolves in a door and world between worlds and i hadn't actually watched it since those episodes had come out and i think given everything that we heard from dave filoni at celebration in the rebels panel and then also listening to this and kind of coupled with our speculation about what ray and kylo are going to be doing in regards to their force bond i don't know there were just a lot of interesting things that were said that in light of the rise of Skywalker, I was like, this seems pertinent <laughs> and relevant. Yes. Um, and so one of the things I love is that we 
we've talked about Mortis and the Mortis gods and how the Mortis gods, perhaps in different areas of the Force and in the galaxy, they're referred to by different names and how perhaps there could be this similarity between like Rey Kylo and Luke or the Cosmic Force or Anakin to be like some version of the Mortis gods themselves and like the role they play in the Cosmic Force. Mm-hmm. And so in Rebels Recon, Pablo Hidalgo said, with Mortis, there was this notion that the Force can take you places, kind of implying what was going on with Ezra, of course, of being transported not only into the Temple of Lothal, but into the world between worlds because the Mortis gods opened the door for him and he like knew how to open the door. And then this is what I thought was really interesting is what Dave said. So Dave was talking about the world between worlds and he was talking about how Ezra has actually been to the world between worlds before. He just wasn't like basically he wasn't enlightened enough at the time to really recognize it. And Dave was saying, yeah, I've threaded this in throughout all of these seasons. And there's one point where Ezra is talking to Yoda and Yoda knows they're in the world between worlds but Ezra doesn't yet. And Dave says, it doesn't have anything to do with the physical place where they are. It has to do with where they, Ezra and Yoda, believe they are. And I just thought that was so interesting because I was like, oh my God, that's like a forced bond. Mm. But like, because we talked about Ray and Kylo going to this like world between worlds type of place and like learning something. And the fact that they could be like physically transported there or they could just believe that they're actually there all of that has already been laid out for us in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Oh, look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars? I think that's what we should do. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's really interesting about this quote, it doesn't have anything to do with the physical. It has it has to do with where they believe they are. What's interesting about that is my brain immediately goes, well, yeah, but with the Force Bond, it did become physical. And that's what's crazy about it yeah. is that like – yeah, it didn't really matter where they were. Like, I can't, I can you see my surroundings? I can't see yours, just you. Sure, it didn't matter where they were. There was no surroundings there. Um, but when they touched hands and when Kylo felt the, the wetness on his glove, I, <laughs> sorry, I can't even <laughs> say that without laughing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I feel like that's where it crossed the line. And maybe that's what's a little different about the world between worlds. Maybe, maybe something similar is happening here because these are this is both like the cosmic force at work. I think there's actually this great parallel between Ezra's entrance into the world between worlds and what we will see with Rey and Kylo, especially when you look at how Dave maps out Ezra's entrance into the world between worlds. Because Dave says he's like two or three times Ezra's been in these situations where he has been in the world between worlds. He just doesn't know it yet. It's like the I think he said the first moment was when Ezra found his crystal. And the second moment is when he's talking to Yoda, which I think those might be combined episodes. Forgive me. I I don't remember exactly. And then the third time is when he actually goes there. And it's like this transition. So the first time, it doesn't have anything to do with the physical. It's just where they believe they are, which I think could be Rey and Kylo at the start of their force bond journey. But then as the episode and as Ezra has learned so much by the time we get to season four, Mortis and the force can actually take you to a place, which is what we see with, Kylo and Rey, when they touch hands, now they suddenly have been transported. But before then, they weren't actually in the same space. They just believed they were. Um, or they believed that they were in this other place. And But then they actually were transported. To the same place. To the same place. But then... Well, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. But they were... It, it became physical. It was real. 
Yeah. Whereas maybe the next step is that they will actually be physically transported or maybe it will all be in their mind um, to a more ethereal place that's similar to the world between worlds. Ugh, I love it so much. I I think that this is a great example of JJ working with – well, it's, it's crazy. Okay, so Ryan took what JJ – kind of laid the foundation as in that uh, interrogation scene where something happens where they access each other's minds and their minds are intrinsically linked. I mean, wasn't it Carrie Hart who said it's like a door open between them? Yes. <laughs> yes. Isn't that episode called Wolves and a Door? Door. Yeah. And so then well, what I love, though, is that Ryan took that from JJ and now we have JJ taking this from Ryan and I suppose continuing this journey because I have to think what I'm looking at in this Rise of Skywalker art of um, cover is a force bond fight. Mm hmm. And or it has to do with something. And I don't think we we necessarily aligned that. But like, I think that we're both like, yeah, this is happening through the force bond. Yeah. Whatever is happening, it has to do with the force bond. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right about that because they could be in the same place, but like something is happening with the cosmic force at this point that's allowing these two locations to manifest. And that's why I brought up that line of, um, can you see my surroundings? I can't see yours, just you. Like now I guess we're moving into a place where their surroundings are completely different. I don't know. It's It really is um, expanding upon the force. And this is something that's so important to me with every new like saga movie is expanding upon what we know about the force. And it has done that. It's always been surprising to me um, since The Force Awakens when Kylo stopped that uh, blaster. Maybe they're using their lightsabers to light their way home. Wow. That would be great. <laughs> right? <laughs> it looks a little dark where Kylo is. <laughs> His red, like, isn't quite as bright as Ray's blue lightsaber. Yeah. Maybe the crystal is, like, figuring something out. Who knows? <sighs> oh, man. I love that you brought up that thing about Rebels. It's so interesting. So good. So good. And, and let's not forget that Ryan watched Mortis and – I bet he knew what was going to be happening with World Between Worlds. All I want is like how how many notes Dave gave. I, Dave is one of the people who saw who knows the, like the full script, not one of these like versions floating around, but like he, he saw. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I just want I want like a round table with Dave and Ryan. Oh my god! I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know I want Dave, Ryan, and JJ all yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean that would that would be great, but like r ideally, I want Dave and Ryan. Yeah, and then talking about the force. Yeah, and too, I think I mean you think about how Charlotte just took deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> you think too about how in the nine panel, how many times were they like, we talked to George, we talked to George so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then what they also talked about in this Rebels Recon was how the Mortis Gods were George's creation about how to – I think what Dave said exactly – not exactly because I can't remember it. But to some effect, it was like George created the Mortis Gods um, as kind of the first force users that we were exploring that weren't attached to the Jedi um, and how there are other types of force user groups out there. And then Dave mm -hmm. talks about how he spends a lot of time developing the history of the Mortis gods and like where they are and what mm -hmm. they're doing. And then and like what what different forms that they can take. Uh-huh. And then the 
the what is his name Haydn also talks about reading about the Mortis gods in the Jedi archives when he's talking to Sabine, and you know this is also when we it was just confirmed that you know hands our language our language. <laughs> <laughs> And the iconic line was said of restore the past, redeem the the future. future. All in one episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we were on like another level that episode. (laughs) I literally kind of tear up when I think about how good that episode is. (laughs) It was just like, it was firing on all cylinders for all of our favorite things in Star Wars. (laughs) It was just like, wow. I really need to do a Rebels rewatch. I'm so itching for Disney Plus. Like, I can't believe it's not streaming anywhere. I know. It's, It's sad. Yeah. Sad and dumb. Okay. Well, are we ready to move on to part two? Yes. I just want to say one more thing. Oh, yes. So the thing (laughs) – No, I was not going to say that. I was going to say my background on my phone since Mm. um, April, I think, 14th or something um, when that poster of The Last Jedi was revealed that Caitlin talked about. And I think that for big fans of the sequel trilogy, I think that that poster has like such a soft – like space in everyone's heart like they love it so much because it kind of encapsulates like the dynamics and the the conflict that is you know center stage in the last jedi so well and like so artistically it's been in my background on my phone for literally two years Mm -hmm. and since this was released i changed my background to this cover it's a big deal (laughs) it's such a big deal and i have to say it has made me so happy to see ray and kylo like on my phone oh my god i'm looking at it right now and i'm like wow this is the best so do recommend if you are thinking about a new phone background this makes a really great one it does it does (laughs) okay let's move on to part two okay so welcome to part two and in this part we ask for your questions on twitter and we have a bunch that we want to go through so let's just start from the top at the top is claudia and Claudia's question is, do you guys think we're going to get quite a few Kylo references and mentions in the new Resistance novels, which are set between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker? So I'm so hesitant about this because I think that we will get almost a, a Kylo Ren mention in like almost all of them, but it'll probably be really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that if I think it it depends on a lot of things. I think it depends on who, like, if the stories are told, like, if we're really diving into the character's headspace when we're in the the stories or if it's kind of more omnipresent narrator Um, Mm -hmm. and we're just kind of watching their actions because I – but I think that, like, if we're – like, if we're going through kind of Ray's inner dialogue, I think we will. But I think it'll be more of her being like, I can't think about him right now. Yeah, in this book, um, the kind of headliner one that is in this list, um, Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, um, it mentions Rey in this journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Rey, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order. I feel like if we dive into, like what you said, anything with Rey, I think we'll get it, but I actually would be surprised if – wouldn't be surprised if we saw or, like, saw something from Malaya thinking about her son mm, again. Yeah. Because it's something that we can always count on and it happens every time we see Leia in canon at yeah. this point. I just hope I don't have to have my super intense conversation between Ray and Finn in a book and I, when I need it to be on screen. <laughs> Ooh, totally agree. Right? I mean, you know we love the books, but I got to see that on screen. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like this is where it gets a little dangerous with the journey to the Rise of Skywalker books is that I worry that some of the conversations that I'm so looking forward to will be in a book and not necessarily in a movie. And maybe it'll help temper my expectations for that, though. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. We'll see. There's like excitement and trepidation. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's really interesting, though. I think we all had that scare about the the potential Kylo book getting leaked. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> accidentally on Australian. Uh, I don't know if it was Del Rey. I can't remember. Um on the internet and I think that in that moment I realized I am pretty nervous for canon information about Ben Solo (laughs) and yeah so the thing is I think that in these uh these books that we will have in the next couple of months I think that we'll probably see a very um supreme leader ask kylo maybe it'll be told from like that's what the supreme leader is doing like can you believe he's doing that blah 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 blah, blah. something like that yeah people thinking i mean it very well could be what kylo is doing but assuming that everything that's happening is at his behest which it very well could be but it also could be that it's not actually mm-hmm. for sure okay so our next question is from blast points podcast um, which is just such a great question. Get ready, guys. What about Claude? Will he speak basic? How does he eat? If you guys don't know, Claude is this giant slug. They showed it at the the episode nine panel. Um, giant slug. So random. On that leaked poster, he was on it. Yeah. He's derpy. <laughs> He's so derpy. That's the perfect word. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Why? Why? Why, Claude? Why? I've been trying to think of like a reasoning for what Claude is going to be. And I just don't know. In my head, I'm like, is Claude like a thalassiren? No. 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 Like maybe he's like a baby thalassiren. No, no, no. I mean in terms of like thematically, like is he just oh, like a really like, big? Is set he piece? actually like a version of a no, no. Like, is he a really big set piece that like I don't know says something more about the characters around them than the actual um, oh set piece? Man, I think you're reading too deep into Claude. I think Am Claude's I? going to be a cantina kind of background character. I think, and maybe at the end of the day, Caitlin, JJ, he was on the le- that leaked poster. I know. I know. Maybe JJ just got <laughs> jealous that Ryan got the helicopter in a giant. Power siren onto a World Heritage UNESCO site. <laughs> and Kathleen Kennedy was like, I approve that budget. And JJ was like, what? <laughs> We're making Claude. <laughs> he was like, let me see what I can get away with too. <laughs> then Everything about Claude is so questionable. Like, what's up with the name? <laughs> Who is Claude? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, Will he speak basic? Uh, if he does, I will be surprised. <laughs> will he speak at all? Maybe he just communicates like through his eyes, <laughs> like the way they blink or something. I don't know. Is Matt Smith Claude? Is Matt Smith Claude? <laughs> Who is Matt Smith? Matt Who Smith. Is Claude? <laughs> Who's Claude? Matt Smith. <laughs> maybe, maybe Claude is like, <laughs> maybe Claude is Kylo Ren's. Like Supreme Leader Butler. <laughs> and just like has to do all his bidding. And that's why Hux wants so badly to be Supreme Leader because he just wants a Claude. 
So in the in the, I'm going to shoot down your theory cuz I think in okay. the photo that they showed at the episode 9 um <laughs> he was with Greg Grunberg. Oh yes, he was. And I, I airdropped that, that picture. I know. Yes. And <laughs> that photo Greg Grunberg is literally like looking at him like who's this guy? Like who invited this guy? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe Claude is maybe Cla- oh my god. Maybe Claude is Kylo Ren in disguise infiltrating the resistance caught is like three kylo rens in a trench coat <laughs> kylo ren just keeps his lightsaber and kintsugi mask like in the tail for when he undresses it's like story. he like unzips he's like yeah, right, i'm here <laughs> Everyone heard against me. That's totally staged a coup. The first one wasn't working, so I had to come as Claude. You thought they smelled bad on the outside. That's my new favorite thing. Claude is just three Kylo Rens in a trench coat. <laughs> so, yes, he well, will speak basic. How does he eat? I don't know. I think that he moves like a slug, so he just kind of like moves like a snake well the thing is he's just a trench coat so like claude doesn't actually eat he unzips and then kylo ren eats like a person exactly (laughs) okay wow that was fun that went in a weird (laughs) direction (laughs) so our next question is from madison who asks what are your thoughts about ray using her staff instead of her lightsaber on the cover of spark of the resistance do you think it's because the lightsaber hasn't been repaired yet at the time of the story or do you think ray might be going undercover all of the above? That's really interesting. I think, yeah, the undercover question is really interesting. I do think it's a good possibility that the lightsaber hasn't been repaired yet. Yeah. Although, to be fair, she does just kind of tape it back together. So, like, who knows how involved the repair actually is. I'm not sure what I think about that. I think that we have seen in the teaser, where we've seen Finn holding the staff. Like, I don't think the staff is fully gone. Um, but I do like the theory of her going undercover. Mm-hmm. Ray undercover could be really cool. I think it'd be really fun and just kind of like who knows? Maybe her her lightsaber is just hidden. Yeah, like in the description is when a distress a distress plea goes from the isolated planet of Minfar, resistance heroes Ray, Poe, and Rose hear the call. Together, they will face down the First Order Battalion, terrifying flying creatures, and a weapon that could change the course of the war. Hmm. I wonder if Ray I think I I don't know. I haven't really come down on a theory about this, but I almost wonder if like may, maybe Ray's like a little like nervous in front of Poe and Rose to use her lightsaber. Yeah. So she like really goes staff first. <laughs> you know? Walk softly and carry a big staff. Right. Good question though. Yeah. Okay, so our next question is from Kate. What kind of outfit hairstyle will redeem Ben Solo have? He's so fluffy. His hair. The hair is only going to get more fluffy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. almost really want longer hair Ooh, for him. No. No. I think I think maybe he'll do like a half up kind of situation. But oh, man. it'll stay like the same length and just be really fluffy. I like want like just like f- maybe Floof. two longer no i think i think it's a perfect length right now we really got that like prince swagger and it's like once you turn back to the light side like you get like good hair conditioning again 
Because like I in mean, Last Jedi, it was a little stringy. It was great, <laughs> it was a little greasy. but like, like clearly he was going through a hard time, and that's yeah. that's that's not like oil control. That's the dark side. The thing that's actually kind of important to me though is I don't really want Ben to like change out of his black clothes and like put on a white suit. Like yeah. I, I don't really want that. I I kind of feel kind of strongly that Kylo, almost like Luke, you know, maintaining and like putting on that like black Jedi outfit, mm-hmm. wears something black or gray or something that maintains this like darker side and I, he wears it like his past will never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I, I, I feel really strongly that I don't really want him to look like someone completely new because I don't think that that's where his character can go. I think that it's really truly all about reflecting on who you were as a person yeah um, in the past yeah 100 percent. i think it might be softer like the the outfit itself like if if we did get some kind of like epilogue scene or like we flash forward to time where kylo has now been ben solo like he's been back from the dark side for quite some time i think he'll still be wearing black but it definitely could be like softer lighter garments like linen and not something like as structured as he's in now and definitely not as heavy and like he still could have a cape but again, I don't think it'll be as as heavy as the the outfit he wears now. Yeah, something I could see them just – yeah, I think you're so right about it, like the fabric being like lighter. Because right now his costume is so evocative of um, armor. knights and armor. Yeah, and it's so layered and so, um, so much fabric. And I feel like that – they could definitely go the kind of um, – like almost like the Anakin style in Revenge of the Sith where the robes are like a mixture of brown and black. Mm-hmm. Um, but linen-y, like you said. Yeah. would be interesting. But I think the top of our list is lots of floof in the hair. So much floof. <sighs> so fluffy. Um, <laughs> our next question is from Becca who asks, do you think Finn is going to show up in Resistance since it sounds like he's not in any of the books leading up to The Rise of Skywalker? And following up from that, do you think they'll tease Ray's thoughts on Ben in the books? She said Benny boy. She did I say feel Benny like you got to say sorry. Benny boy. <laughs> Benny boy in the books. Um, we kind of already talked about that. I think maybe – I think if she does, though, she's going to be kind of like compartmentalizing her feelings. Possibly. That's, that's where I would picture it now since they have been so kind of tight-lipped on Kylo – like specifically throughout the mm-hmm. books. He's kind of always mentioned in passing or when he's literally still in diapers. So that's what I think about that. But as far as the thing, – go ahead. The thing that's kind of crazy to me is that if these books – I think Matt Martin said that it's somewhere around a year that these books will fill. And are we supposed to believe and think that Ray has kept the secret of her relationship with Kylo Ren – um, for a year. And I feel like that has a lot of implications about what they could write in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was any moment of reflection, I feel like that's really interesting. And as a reader wanting to get excited about The Rise of Skywalker, I'd be really excited knowing that that conflict, that was even a conflict that Ray had a secret and she knows she has this secret, but she hasn't told anyone in the resistance. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting facet that could be threaded in. And then also, too, if her force connection, like if they're still having force Skype sessions yeah. and she's not telling anyone about them. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Wow, I can't that'd wait. That'd be great. But Finn in resistance, I honestly think could happen. Mm-hmm. 
I think John Boyega would be 100% for it. I mean, just imagine John Boyega and – or Finn and Kaz in a scene together. Like, if they all went on a mission, like the three of them, like Finn, Kaz, and Poe, 100% yes. I love that so much. That would be amazing. So I hope that happens. <laughs> I think it will just based off of – I think – I, like Becca, I think you're onto something. Like he, it doesn't. He's not in a lot of the book descriptions, so he has to be somewhere. And Finn on the Colossus would wow. love that. <laughs> I'd also really like to see how Finn reacts to Niku. Mm. I like to see how anyone reacts to Niku. <laughs> really so, fun. well, it it would be interesting. Actually, thematically, it would be really cool if you brought Finn onto the Colossus, um, as we have this story going on with Tam. In the yes. first order. Um, and, you know, if Finn is able to have any kind of influence on her since he left the first order. Well, yeah. I mean, even the link to the resistance in the the first season was Poe. And I think that that is kind of over now. Um, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be, but it would be interesting if Finn comes back as this resistance hero, like this kind of reformed man that we saw at the end of The Last Jedi, and like what example that would show for Kaz. And like you said, it really does bring up a really interesting dynamic of someone who's been in the First Order um, and what kind of intel he could provide to them about where Tam is, potentially. Okay, so our next question is from Susan, who asks, okay, what is your ideal Bendemption scenario if you were telling it? Of course, the movie's already been made, but I'm just curious because I love the subject. We do too. (laughs) I think this is a really hard question because it's one thing to speculate all these different theories, but then to actually put concretely how I would like the story to go is a little stressful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because if it doesn't happen like that, I don't want to put too much weight on a headcanon I have. Like, for me, I think everyone listening to this is like, are you kidding me, Caitlin? You have literally hundreds of (laughs) headcanons. And you know what, listeners? You're right. Um, But with these, like, for me, the the bigger story beats are what's more important, like the actual redemption piece of it and, like, the characterization and, like, Finn and Rey – talking their emotions out i don't really care where it happens or how it happens but i want that piece of it to be in the story um and i want like ryan kylo to be more confirmed that they represent this balance and that they're kind of they have this relationship within the cosmic force that is on another level from just your everyday average living force Mm -hmm. my ideal bendemption scenario always comes down to one thing and it's that Ben Solo comes back to the light on his own accord yeah. and is sorrowful and it somehow it has this like personal atonement for all the wrongs he's done to his family in the past mm-hmm. um, while also recognizing that he was in a like everything was like situational. Um, I don't know. I feel like it always comes back to I hope that it's a personal reflection and an understanding of like his past is, which is like such a core to Kylo's own arc and who he is as a character is like wanting to shove everything away from the past, um, shove the past away essentially. And I feel like if he doesn't acknowledge the past, then it's not as like a satisfying redemption arc conclusion for me. 
Mm-hmm. Which is what Laura Santeca says in The Force Awakens. The first yeah, conversation we have, you can't yeah, deny the truth, deny that, the is truth your that is a family. And Kylo can't. And once he stops trying to, that's when he has to accept that his family actually does still love mm-hmm. him. And not just Darth Vader, but Anakin Skywalker. Oh, yeah. And like Luke and Leia and Han mm-hmm. and Chewbacca exactly. <laughs> and Rey. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So like that, to me, like it's so hard to put a story beat on. I think so often about our last episode that we had before we saw The Last Jedi. And I was like, I remember at the end of the episode, I was like, Caitlin, like, give me your, you know, two minute synopsis of like what's going to happen in the movie. And we both did it. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many moving parts. I can't even do this. And I feel that way about the redemption, the redemption like piece of it all is that I feel I know in my bones that it will happen just because every single piece has pointed to this. (laughs) Um, But I can't give you a concrete like skeleton of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Maybe once we have another trailer, there might be some more pieces that we can put into play, but probably not, honestly, because I think it's still going to be pretty (laughs) – if like I were dreaming and I just don't I don't think this is going to happen, but if I were dreaming, I'd want the redemption to happen in the first act so that mm-hmm. we can get the entire movie of conflict. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would too. I think I would want I would want it to happen in the first act and I'd want them to be I w- I would want Ray and Kylo to be the only ones who knew that <laughs> that it happened and that they're like they're orchestrating this whole plan with the resistance and the first order like not even really aware of it but that's what they have to do because there's a whole palpatine wild card in there Mm -hmm. um so that's yeah i think that's where i'm at right now yeah okay so our next question is from franklin and franklin asks of the books you've read which books from the journey to the force awakens and journey to the last jedi have you enjoyed the most Mine is really easy for me. I think Leia, Prince of Alderaan, which I think is a journey to The Last Jedi because of Haldo, um, is my favorite. Lost Stars. Right. Oh, my God. This is like the Battle of Claudia Gray. <laughs> right. It I, is. <laughs> I always forget that Lost Stars was part of that collection. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's so tangentially journey to Force Awakens, but technically it is, I think. But um, so good. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Man. <laughs> That was easy. (laughs) Claudia Gray. Anything Claudia Gray touches. (laughs) Claudia Gray. Like I would put Leia as a favorite as well. So yeah. I'd probably say Lost Stars is my Force Awakens pick and Leia is my The Last Jedi pick. You know, same. (laughs) Our next question is from Simon who asks, the prophecies in Master and Apprentice, red herrings or serious hints about what might come in The Rise of Skywalker? And Simon, when you said that these could be red herrings, I was kind of like, what? (laughs) Star Wars would never. (laughs) It kind of took me aback, not going to (laughs) lie. Well, that's the kind – I mean, you sound like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan when you ask these questions because I think that's the whole point of the prophecies is to be like, do they matter? Do they not matter? Mm -hmm. And I would say that just by the very fact that they're written down in a book, they matter. Yeah. I feel that way about, like, literature in general. Like, that just got super postmodern. Yeah. But (laughs) if it's written down, it matters. But they're just words on a page. Everything is so much them. more than words on the page. But they are just words on a page. <laughs> but it outlives both me and you. Yeah. They do. These prophecies, man, in Master and Apprentice. But that's mm-hmm. why um, that's why the Jedi Order stopped listening to them because they thought they were red hearings and unimportant. And look where that got them. 
Yeah. Order 66. I do think it's like, it's important to ask though. Like, does it even oh, matter? Yeah. I think that the the theories already matter and like how we understand like the chosen one. And I don't mm-hmm. want to go into spoilers because I think that people listening to this might have, have read Master and Apprentice, but a big part of that book is these prophecies that are outlined. And I'm sure you've kind of heard about them and they're super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are. I think they're only going to get more interesting. Yeah. Our, our perception of them will definitely change after December, which I think they're supposed to. And I think that's why they are in the book. Yeah. Okay, so our next question is from Eric. Which of the Journey to Nine books have you the most excited? I think the one about the – I can't remember the title of it, but about the kid who goes looking for Force artifacts. Oh, really? That's the one that you're most excited about? I think that's – it's called Force Collector. Force Collector. I mean, I, I'm, obviously I'm excited for the Rise of Skywalker art book. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that – I'm excited for Resistance Reborn – I think that that one is probably going to be the juiciest in terms of – I mean, I don't know. I, I can't say I that. I think it because, could be or it could really not be. Yeah. I feel like we've had some of those in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's funny. I think Force Collector and that one will be like the ones in my I, opinion. I think Force Collector can just go ham on like whatever character development it wants, whereas I worry about books like Rise of the Resistance being um, too tight. Yeah, and too, like, careful, like, stepping on eggshells around what you can and can't say about these characters, whereas we still get to be in that time frame with Force Collector, but we're not kind of bound by our main film characters. Right. I I agree with that. I'm still most excited about the rise of of, um, our Resistance Reborn, Mm -hmm. just because I think that – I feel like the community will probably read that one – like in general, I think that most people will pick up that one of all of yeah, them. I could I be wrong so. about that. I think you're but, right, though. Yeah. I think Force Collector I'm so intrigued by just based off of the fact that it's uh, about a teenager before The Force Awakens, which is like, what does it even have to do with The Rise of Skywalker then? Like, why isn't this the um, journey to <laughs> The Force Awakens? <laughs> that's so that's super interesting. But that all actually right. is the next question from Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. How do you think the upcoming Force Collector novel will be tied in with the characters of The Rise of Skywalker, considering it's set prior to The Force Awakens? It's interesting because when I initially read about it, I kind of thought that it would actually have a lot more, I think, direct connections that we'll be able to see immediately to like Rebels, honestly, and the Clone Wars mm-hmm. um, and the artifacts that he is collecting. And then I think that I mean, I think we're going to be referencing Chapter 25 of The Last Jedi novelization an (laughs) awful lot in the upcoming months as far as Palpatine's contingency plan um, that we literally just keep beating listeners over the head with. (laughs) I think think that's where it's going to come into play, honestly. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get some more lore on Lore Santeca. Yes. And oh my god, what if Force Collector goes and hangs out with Laura Santeca? Well, I mean, it makes sense. To me, it looks like Jakku. Yeah, that's true. So I'm like, I mean, anything makes... brown kind of looks like Jakku. Yeah, I mean, it could be even Jetta. It's just confusing. Yeah. But I I think that there's a serious possibility that, I don't know, maybe this is a Knight of Ren. Like, I think that would be a really cool origin story, too. If the Knights of Ren are going to be in The Rise of Skywalker, I feel like it only makes sense that it like maybe one of their stories since I think there's like six of them mm-hmm. that one of their stories kind of has to do with uh, 
that one of these stories has to do with them. That's a really interesting theory. I really, I like yeah. that. It's 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 juicy. <laughs> I mean, like a teenager. I think it makes sense. Like the, the guy even looks. He, I mean, he's wearing like black black leather underneath all that. I don't know. He looks a little forlorn. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everyone in it. the sequel trilogy looks a little forlorn. <laughs> yeah, except for, for Claude. Sure. <laughs> except for Claude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next question is from Jedi Geek Girl. Are there any plans to dive in and talk some about the comics? I know there's been some good ones, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. Um, at this point, I don't really think we have a, like big plans to talk about the comics, unless um, I don't know. I feel like in the past, I I wish that we could have uh, talked about Shattered Empire, um, but I think that all that kind of came out like before our podcasting time. So we didn't really get a chance, but there isn't necessarily a series that I'm like super attached to right now, but that could totally change. Yeah. I just think it's not something that we're doing right now. We definitely could. I mean, anything is up for grabs. We'll never say yeah. no to Star Wars content if we're interested in it. Just right now, I don't know. Right, right now I'm content with like seeing what people have to say about it online. Yeah. I just, I feel like if they announce a new series that I'm really interested in, or if they do something interesting with the Star Wars series, and maybe we'll talk about it. I'm never say never. Our next question is from Trevor, who asks, the part of nine I'm least interested in is Lando. With Han and Luke gone and Leia's role sadly limited, he seems like a strange character to bring back. Do you have any thoughts on how Lando could be thematically interesting or interact with the sequel characters? Um, I think that Lando coming back has a lot to do with, unfortunately, Carrie's passing. And I think that, but at the same time, I do think Lando is, has always been a really interesting character that um, was recently in Solo. So I think like thematically, Lando's always been on the fringe, but he has always had a connection to the Skywalkers, to the Solos, that I think really like will maybe come into play in this movie that where all of that kind of comes to a head. Um, and I'm not sure how much I expect Lando to like be in the movie and like play a huge part. But um, I, I do think that there's so much possibility for what Lando can do and say regarding like the solos. Um, even just Lando mourning with Leia about Han's passing or saying something about Ben, because as we know from last shot, Lando knew um, Ben so well to the point where uh, Ben called him uncle. And mm -hmm. I, f I feel like that's really interesting if if we do, which I do. I, I got to stop saying if, because I really do think it's happening. When we get this Kylo redemption arc, like having that connection will be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said. Um, I know I was a little worried about Lando coming back just because they talk so much about this being the new generation's story and then we're bringing back even more legacy characters. So I think in that sense, I'm a little hesitant, but I think I think you're right that it definitely had everything to do, unfortunately, with Carrie's passing. Um, and then that, that connection to Ben is kind of being seated throughout things like last shot. So I think it makes sense. Um, but I, I don't, I think that's where he comes in thematically. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I think he'll have a huge role. Yeah. We'll see. So our next question is from Kimberly. What do you think or hope the untitled star Wars movies will be about? 
We got a couple yeah. of questions about these. Yeah, I hope it's about the early Jedi Order and the mystics, the ancient Jedi mystics, which we learn about in Master and Apprentice. And that just sounds so interesting. Yeah, I really want some weird Force stuff. Can never get enough of that weird Force stuff. Yeah, and like I, I want it – the thing about all of these movies and all of these spinoffs and everything – is that while we're wrapping up the Skywalker stories, I feel like it always has to come back in a way to these like nine films. And I don't, I think that they could do that by talking about like the original Jedi or Prime Jedi or the Force Mystics or something like that. That where for the general audience, they have context of that these were before the times, but there's something completely different. But they came before and like maybe they're somehow extremely flawed like that's their story and that's um kind of curses the jedi forever or something like that i don't know but um yeah that's kind of what i want (laughs) or i want these untitled movies to continue the story just like kathleen kennedy had said in previous interviews about like how to tell that story of ray finn and and um and Poe, I remember her saying that on the Star Wars show, in other ways. And I wonder if, like, yes, the Star- Skywalker saga is over, but, like, what about these other stories, other room for stories? Like, will that continue? I don't know. I think it's really confusing about these um, th- three film dates in 2022, 2020. Am I wrong about this? 2024 and 2026. No, I think that's right. It sounds literally – it sounds so far away. And – I don't know whether to expect these to be the Game of Thrones uh, guys' movies or Ryan Johnson's movies, but I'm kind of in the camp that maybe it's neither of them, and maybe this is just like their cemented dates um, for whatever comes next, and I don't know if they even have that planned out yet. Oh, they've got it planned. (laughs) I don't know. I I definitely think they've got it planned. Whoever is working on that, they know who's going to be in charge of those films. What's rough is that it's like it, they announced three dates, so you're immediately immediately like trilogy, but it doesn't necessarily have to be trilogy. It's weird. It doesn't, but they're two years apart, which is just like how the this, sequel trilogy was. It's not like it's not like one year, one year, two years off, one year, eighteen months. It's I don't know. I think that we'll have like all of this will be illuminated after the Rise of Skywalker story is told about like what we want. You know, from the oh, characters yeah. that are like basically left. <laughs> twenty twenty is going to be a good year for seeing things with twenty twenty. <laughs> True. I think we'll be finding out a lot of that at Star Wars Celebration next year in Anaheim. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm calm. I'm like I'm not that concerned about it right now because I can't afford for that to be in my Star Wars trust bank um, <laughs> when it's so far off and. The the films are so far off, but Celebration itself is really close. And when we get to Anaheim, like none, none of the content coming out will I be stressed about. I'll just be like all excited about it because I'll know how Rise of Skywalker ends and either I'll be really satisfied with that ending or I'll be ready to pick up with a new trilogy and forget what happened in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. It's like it'll just be like a good time all around. Our next question is from Joey who asks, what would be your preferred form for Palpatine to take in The Rise of Skywalker? I'm personally hoping for a force haunting like Darth Bane in The Clone Wars. Slash looked in the animation department for the future of Star Wars. Thank you, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's so interesting, like a haunting. Um, Personally, I feel like it will be like a haunting or like a possession or something like that. But I don't know if that's like so like Harry Potter minded of me. I – and I like always catch myself on the show about that, I feel like. Um, I don't know if I really want Palpatine in full form <laughs> in The Rise of Skywalker. Like I think that him coming back in some different way is just more mysterious and more sinister because he had like figured out how to cheat death in some way that like is super unnatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. I think, I mean, I, th- I think you're you're spot on, Joey, how we saw the last place we saw Palpatine was in animation in Rebels. And he was doing some freaky stuff in the world between worlds mm-hmm. um, and kind of toying with Ezra's perception of reality. So I think that could definitely, I think that could definitely play a part in what he's doing in The Rise of Skywalker. But I don't, th- yeah, I, I think the general consensus has been that he won't be a physical body Unless, unless it is some kind of possession thing, but that does feel really Harry Potter. So I'm a little hesitant to get completely behind that because <laughs> it feels really Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that – I think it will be some kind of – like, may, but may, maybe, maybe he can only exist in a world between worlds kind of place. Yeah. Um, like that's where he does take physical form and he can't actually like almost like how Ezra opened the door and Palpatine was trying to use Ezra in order to get a foothold into the real world um, or into the world between worlds. Maybe now it's kind of the opposite where Palpatine is trying to use Rey and Kylo in order to um, continue to wreak havoc on the galaxy. Yeah, I think that's a really good theory. Yeah. I think that like potentially that's where he operates from. And like imagine the mm-hmm. amount of control if you are in, in the in-between that you can have to um, literally everyone across the galaxy, like into those windows that we saw in World Between Worlds, if you exist Mm. within there, like what control you can have over the future or like the past or anything like that, like Ezra pulling Ahsoka from there. What I am certain of is that he's gonna lose. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) He's gonna lose. (laughs) Loser. So our next question is from Clashing Sabres. How deep into the mythology will the new novels like The Rise of Resistance and Force Collector go? And on top of that, how critical will the books be going into nine? I think I honestly think Force Collector will go a lot deeper than Rise of the Resistance. Well, I think Rise of the Resistance kind of sounds like it'll be a really practical adventure, mm-hmm, which is about great. Like, how they get ships and stuff. Yeah, which I think is good and very necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how the show Resistance is quite practical um, as well, and that has quickly become one of our favorites pieces of star wars at the current moment um whereas Ugh, i think Force i hope Col- kaz is in that book wow <laughs> <laughs> what if they're on the colossus oh what if the God. colossus has become like a or, or what if the force collector goes to the Col- <gasps> what if the force collector takes all the things that he collects and puts them on the colossus wow i mean that's that's a big theory i don't know about that one okay but <laughs> he could <laughs> me i'm just like how can kaz and colossus and the colossus come into this story <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that I think I kind of think that these will be the journey. The journey books are such an interesting concept because they can't ever go too in depth because the movie hasn't come out yet. It's so interesting because Catalyst like Catalyst is that one outlier for me that like went straight up into Rogue One and like completely helped me understand that first scene and like the relationship of Krennic and um and Galen Erso so much better and like really enriched my understanding of that movie from first view. 
Catalyst is the exception, though. I don't think we can say that about other books. I know. Because, I know. Like, are there any other journey books that we've read that have that strong of a connection? And even then, Galen was – he was a MacGuffin mm-hmm. basically in in Rogue One. He obviously was a character and had a role, but he ultimately died at the as, midpoint. As most MacGuffins yeah. do, they don't suddenly in they the middle of the story. They don't actually – Matter. Yeah. But, I mean, it's different because he's a person. Yeah, um, for sure. But, yeah, and that wasn't the central – relationship that we were focusing on either whereas rise of or rise of resistance is it's really confusing because i think that rise of resistance is the ride at disney yeah resistance reborn resistance reborn like it's just like these names are all the recycled takes that we all thought the rise of skywalker was going to be called and it's it's really confusing me really confusing we've got rebellion (laughs) we've got resistance we've got rise of skywalker return of the jedi revenge of the jedi Return of Revenge of the Sith. I'm so confused. <laughs> Rise of Resistance, Resistance Reborn, Resistance Recon, Rebels Recon. <laughs> like so Star Wars, much. let's pick a new letter of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I think Force Collector, I think, will kind of have a vibe similar to Master and Apprentice as far as the prophecies go as to what he's actually collecting. I think we'll get to see a lot more of the black market. I wouldn't be surprised if there are ties into Galaxy's Edge there with um, – What's the the doctor, the black market antiquities dealer in Galaxy's Edge? His name is like Doc Ondar. Yeah, something like that. I it's it's, it's Doc Ondar. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like All acting right. cool, but I do know it. It's also hyphenated. I, I think <laughs> it maybe could be Doc Ondor. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe. No, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it is. <laughs> Okay, I think he'll be in Force Collector. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I think Force Collector will be something like the prophecies that get up and brought up in Master and Apprentice that we look on in new light and with greater understanding after the Rise of Skywalker comes out. Rise of Resistance or Resistance, oh God, Resistance Reborn will be a more practical adventure, I think, which will then have strong ties to what is practically going on in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of the difference here is that there's so much time in between, unlike The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, where The Last Jedi books really basically gave us, like, nothing except for, like, who Haldo was as a person and that didn't really kind of portray on screen. I feel like we have so – they have so much time to fill that, like, these books actually will mean something more in the grand timeline scheme of it. But I do think that they will also want to leave a lot more room in these time periods to tell more stories because that's really important to them. Yeah, I agree. Our next question is from Alaya who asks, what are your thoughts on the future of the Jedi Order? Oh, boy. Oh, Alaya. <laughs> well, I think it needs to change and move forward. Like, I think that's the mes- message of the sequel trilogy. I don't think Mm -hmm. it can be the Jedi that we saw in the prequels or even the Jedi that we saw in the original trilogy. I think it has to be something new. I think Luke tried that and it was usurped by the dark side. And I feel like the only way to move forward is acknowledging all the mistakes of the past. I also think Luke tried to do in a way, but I think that he was a little bit clouded by that and thinking that Obi-Wan was to blame for everything and... I think that you can look at that scene where Luke is talking about the past and acknowledging the past as like pretty flawed because I don't think he has the full understanding of the full picture. But I think mm-hmm. that full picture is something that Rey and Kylo could potentially have in like the future of the Jedi Order. 
And I don't, yeah. I don't, I think it does have to continue to be, I don't know, I go back and forth, be named the Jedi. But because um, I feel like that's just so iconic, like as like a lasting power of a brand, <laughs> I feel like it has to continue to be called the Jedi and like Ray being instrumental in restoring the Jedi and like pushing the Jedi forward would be just honestly such great storytelling. Yeah, it's just hard to imagine the Jedi actually functioning well in a new order with the whole balance side of it. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's a really hard question that honestly I still haven't really decided how I feel about it because Jedi is such an iconic thing. Like you don't want to get rid of that name. Yeah, <laughs> just like you don't want to get rid of the name Skywalker. Ben Solo lives. <laughs> Please. I, I really think that the future of the Jedi is not in this like bureaucratic stance that we saw in the prequel trilogy. I think that was the point is to show yeah. the flaws of all of that. However, I do think that like its future looks something like all these like these Jedi like living together and like exploring the force and but it's like way more fluid than these rules and this council and like the dominating force and all these all these things that we see in the prequels and in all these extraneous materials I think it is but kind of what I think was hinted at in Master and Apprentice was that it kind of started out that way Mm -hmm. and then it cycled into what we see in the second trilogy yeah and so it's like how do Rey and Kylo set it up to safeguard against that happening again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do they? I don't, I don't know. Our next question is from Katie. She asks, what are your thoughts on the Jedi Fallen Order game? I feel like this is a time period in Star Wars that has been ex- explored so much already, but it looks super cool, and I'm feeling really intrigued by what the origins are of the broken lightsaber we see in the trailer. I agree. I, I was really intrigued by that poster, but I'm going to be honest and say I'm probably not going to play the game because I don't have any game consoles and neither does Caitlin. <laughs> nope. Um, and I do, just like I did with Battlefront, though, I will watch all the playthroughs mm-hmm. on YouTube and will like consider some of the story implications. Because I think what was shown in Battlefront was really interesting with like the compass on Pilio. And that's something that actually has come back a lot in conversation because that compass that Luke retrieved on Pilio is a compass... Or it used to be Jedi. Palpatine's. Yeah. So I think, that, yeah, and it was in The Last Jedi and you saw it in Luke's hut and everything. So it's, I think that like stuff like that, and if artifacts are truly going to be important in The Rise of Skywalker, like we have this book that's coming out about them, you know, I, mm-hmm. ga- what I'm trying to say is I think games and game storytelling is important. And I'm intrigued by it. I do think that, like, the story of, like, uh, someone who escaped Order 66 is, like, pretty tried. But it's always interesting. It's, like, a great premise. Always. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued by it. I think <laughs> it'll be interesting. I, I, I wish it was – I kind of wish it was Kanan, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you already got, like, a whole show, book, and comic series. Yeah, so. but, like, it would have been cool to, like, play as Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. Kanan? Yeah. Kanan. Is it Kanan? <laughs> <laughs> it is Kanan. And a canon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't have a game console, but I, I will watch the story play. I I always think Kanan is canonically one of my favorite canon Jedi. Yeah. Um, and his sto- the story of like escaping yeah, and, Order 66 and like having that in the back of your mind is so cool. 
Yeah, and that's always a, a facet of his character that I always really enjoyed was hearing him talk about his time at the Jedi Order um, and in the Jedi Temple and having a master and, and kind of all of that um, and acting like existing in the same environment as our main characters who are kind of on this elevated playing field because Anakin is the chosen one and the hero with no fear and of course he's our main character but then to like bring someone who's kind of your more average Jedi and put him in this really intense situation I think is really fun so I think I'm very interested in Jedi Fallen Order for that reason because I enjoyed Kanan so much. So our next question is from at SpaceballX who asks, how do you guys think the Force will reach that prophesized ultimate balance in Episode 9? And I know that the balance is something that we talk about literally all the time on this show, but actually thinking about what that looks like in action post-Episode 9 I think is really difficult and I wouldn't want that to be my job to write it. (laughs) Um, And I think this is all kind of perfectly. There's a passage in Master and Apprentice that talks about this and talks about the challenges of there being actual balance. And if there's balance, that means there's just as much darkness as there is light. And what does that actually mean for the galaxy? And the characters don't actually come to any sort of conclusion when they're discussing it. And that's kind of how I feel now. Like I know that there has to be balance, but I'm not actually sure what that means or looks like. And I'm confident that Ray and Kylo represent that balance. But that's really all I've – that's as far as I've gotten. (laughs) I still think like balance could potentially be recognizing the darkness and that choice that needs to be made every single day within each of us. And like that understanding to me is – or like could be part of the balance. Oh, yeah. I definitely think that is. I think – and I think that's how that kind of relates into the real world application of the message that they're trying to put out, how that translates into the actual force that has been set up within the galaxy and the universe of Star Wars. I think that's a little bit murkier right now um, because obviously the like having actual balance in the force between dark and light side is something that affects our characters and kind of the politics of the galaxy. It's not, you know, it's not just personal choice. It is, but like there's also more going on as mm-hmm. far as the story is concerned. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yep. <laughs> I'll be there. So our next question is from Brad. I'd love to hear your thoughts on if we'll get a From a Certain Point of View Empire Strikes Back book next year announced at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. If so, what perspectives would you be looking forward to reading? For me, I'd love Lobot, Dak, and obviously Will Rohit. <laughs> I, when you said Lobot, I was like, wow, 100% yes. <laughs> I think Lobot would, I think Lobot would be such a, such a quirky story, but it, it would also, I don't know, I, I think it would be so good. I think he just I think I don't know. I have I have a couple of ones. Oh god. And they're all on Dagobah. <laughs> the <laughs> I want the perspective of the snake that Luke like throws away. <laughs> <laughs> Two, um, I want the perspective of the like swamp beast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I don't know. I like I think I want like every creature on Dagobah and like what they think and like their relationship with Yoda or like I think it could even get a little met- metaf- metaphysical about like oh boy. the way the force kind of works on Dagobah. I want like a 600 word story of R2-D2's perspective while he's 
underwater. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yelling at him. Like Dagobah in from a certain point of view would be so interesting. Yeah. I just want I just want R2 to be like, what the heck? I'd love it if we got it though, to answer your question. How did I get here? <laughs> I think that from a certain point of view is such a, a cool project and I'd love if they did it for every single movie. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. Our next question is from Rafaela, who asks, What are you two most excited to see in Clone Wars season seven? If you could choose a character to appear in Resistance, who would be your choices? And it can be from the movies, Rebels, Clone Wars, anything it sounds like. I'm most excited for Anakin and Ahsoka to have a heart-to-heart in Clone Wars. Yeah. That's, me too. That's, that's what I need. I'm also really excited to see Ahsoka go shopping and get her new outfit. Because <laughs> her new outfit is amazing. I'm getting a little worried that, like, there's not going to be that much Padme content in Clone Wars <laughs> Season mm-hmm. 7 or, yeah. yeah. So 8. I don't know. I'm confused about these seasons t- uh, numbers these days. But I'm with Caitlin. Like, I'm so excited for more Ahsoka. And in the trailer, she just looks so cute. I love it. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Her friends seem really cool, too. And I just think it's – I'm ready for lots of emotions. I wonder if we'll see Order 66 play out, the aftermath of that for Ahsoka. I think I think it would be amazing. And as far as the character to bring into Resistance, I'm kind of – we talked about it earlier, but I'm kind of really on board with Finn – in resistance. Yeah, I think I it'd be too. really fun. He would go he would get along so well with Kaz. They're both on very similar wavelengths, I think. And I think how it ties into the Tam storyline is like how could you not use that? I agree with this completely, but I'd be not myself if I didn't say Kylo Ren. You know, I mean, I guess I kind of am already like he's already in resistance. <laughs> <laughs> But he's actually not. So. Not, but I think I just like assume he's going to be. Yeah, I think that's true. But I had to mention that. I, I'm yeah. on board with the Finn thing. If I were to take a character from Rebels and put them in Resistance, I'd want Hera to be in Resistance. I think imagine if the Bendu was in Resistance. That would be super just, cool. Like-, like all this stuff, though that's really interesting about rebels like the force stuff that's what i'm like it doesn't really pertain that much to our resistance heroes no that's why i think like it might be cool to see Hera because it would be a good continuation of her story because like what has she been doing for the past 30 years like i don't know yeah you know unless like wherever they took the colossus is where ezra and thrawn are oh my god (laughs) galaxy brain imagine imagine if niku just like found ezra yeah (laughs) That would be crazy. I do want – I think it would be fun to have, like, another – like, I know they did the shorts with um, Orca and Flix. Mm-hmm. And just imagine them, like, walking around the Bendu, like, what's going on here? Who are you? Mm-hmm. What's happening? <laughs> and the Bendu is like, I'm sleeping. I think it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our next question is from Peter. He has two questions. So number one, Kira and Maul's story – should it be told outside the Solo movies? I got the impression Solo never came across her again. Han Solo never came across her again. Um, anyways, but he certainly doesn't come across Maul as he thinks the Force is fake in A New Hope. I want I want the story, and I feel it certainly doesn't need Han. I totally agree. I really want Kira and Maul so badly. I don't know where. I don't know how, but I need the story. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna break into like a part of your world, yeah. <laughs> Little Mermaid. 
Yeah, I like how you put it at the end there. It doesn't need Han. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't need Han at all. It actually it shouldn't have Han. Han in it. I think. It shouldn't. Yeah. I really do think that Kira's story with Maul is so much in- more interesting on its own. And I think like whatever happens on Death Mirror when she goes to Death Mirror. Oh my God, I'm so intrigued. A hundred percent. I mean, I mean, everyone knows well that Solo is not my favorite, and I don't need any more content from Solo. But I freaking love Kira, so I would be very happy with that, especially if it doesn't include Han, <laughs> because it, they don't go together anymore. Like their stories are are separated, and I find the Kira and and Maul storyline so much more interesting than Han on another ruckus adventure with Chewbacca and they run across Lando or whatever it is. I really want to go to Jathmere. I think it'd be so fun. And the second question from Peter is, is the Force Collector book coming in the journey to the Rise of Skywalker about Loris Nanteca? And is Loris Nanteca the 50-year-old who the Mandalorian is after in the show? If it's not him, who do you think it is? The whole thing about like the 50 is confusing to me, just about the Mandalorian, because I think that they talked about the codes being 50 years old, and I'm just, I'm just, like, not positive about that. I need to go back and, like, rewatch that, but I'm not sure if the subject itself is 50 years old. I think that the code is 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I think, too. Yeah, and, like, that that's the first impression I got when I watched it is, like, I was trying to – I wasn't necessarily thinking about, like, the person, but um, I could be wrong. And I we've talked about this before, but I think it would be great if Laura Santeca was in it. Wow, it'd be so awesome. This whole episode is just like, is Kaz? Can Kaz be in it? Can Laura Santeca be in it? Kylo's redeemed. We have to be right about something <laughs> that we say in this episode. <laughs> one, one of these. One of these. And we're like, Laura Santeca could be in Force Collector. He could be in The Mandalorian. He could be in Resistance. He's gotta want he's gotta end up in one of those, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll be right. (laughs) (laughs) There could be a space battle somewhere in any one of these. We name every character (laughs) ever. (laughs) They could end up in the movie, possibly. (laughs) See, we're right. We're so right. We're so right. So right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think the Mandalorian, though, is definitely a 50-year-old code, not necessarily a 50-year-old person. And I don't think the Force Collector is Loris and Tekka, but he definitely could. I think it seems that that would be the most obvious place for him to be playing a role is in the Force Collector. Like that seems right up his wheelhouse. Um, so I think it would be really interesting to see him there. I think if I had to put money, that's where I would put him. But again, he could appear anywhere. The thing is, is <laughs> at that any like, given time, if the the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker books are really all about like helping wrap up the saga in a way, this could be the way for them to tie that loop or like close that loop about Laura Santeca that like the movie just doesn't do. I mean, what if the Force Collector is the one that finds the map to Luke Skywalker? It could be. And, and like that's why Laura Santeca. Exactly. And I feel like that is a question that like people would have if it wasn't answered in um, the Rise of Skywalker is like, well, who was that guy who had the map in the beginning? And it's if you have <laughs> that guy, and then it's like you do a Wikipedia search and you find out that it was it happened in this book or something like that, and it f- furthers your Star Wars fandom or something, you know. And I, I sound super cynical, but I I really do think that like in a way these books might kind of work to answer questions that the movie just doesn't have time to answer, and oh, yeah, maybe it's 100%. not necessarily just. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker as this is an end of the saga, but it's like also reflecting on things that had happened in the past that like just won't be totally closed off in a knot at 
in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think that's a good point that this doesn't necessarily have to be a one-to-one relationship to The Rise of Skywalker Mm -hmm. since it is a saga-ending film. Yeah, so in which way I would put money on it being Laura Santeca. Yeah, but again, he could be anywhere. Mm -hmm. It could be anything. At any time. Mm -hmm. Any given time period, he could be a code, he could be a pilot, he could be a force collector. (laughs) Who knows? He could be a nanny. (sighs) He could be anything. You just never know. (laughs) So our next question is from Mike, who says, new listener here, what Star Wars comics are you reading at the moment, if any? Welcome, Mike. Thank you for being a new listener to Sky Talkers. And unfortunately, we're not really reading any comics at the moment. I have to say, I really do love the IDW um, for uh, adventure comics. I think they're so great. I love the art. Um, and I like how they're super fast and short. I know that they're for kids, but they're still such great stories and um, – I love them. I read the Anakin and Padme one a couple months ago, and I loved it. I thought it reinforced a lot of my favorite things about that pairing. And um, I really like what IDW is doing with Star Wars comics, and I feel like they're often overshadowed by Marvel. And it makes me kind of sad because I think the art is beautiful, and I wish that those comics were a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we do read comics, it's usually, at least right now, it's usually kind of like a one-off issue from something that specifically interests us. Yeah, and it does happen. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, definitely. I even – I have a couple of the um, comics for The Last Jedi comic um, ad- adaptation, and I bought a couple of ones. Like, I bought the the throne room scene one. Like, I, I bought a bunch of my favorite scenes from that and loved it, but – I hear really good things about the Afra series that's happening now, and we've been recommended to read the Lando one. So, and I do want to read um, the Darth Vader one that takes place right after Revenge of the Sith. All of these, I really need to get my hands on, and I hope that they're in. I forget what the term is. I'm really bad with comics, um, but like the the paperback versions that are bound, I really like. That's kind of the easiest thing for me to read at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If I'm going to be reading, if 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 I ever get into comics more, that's probably how I'll want to consume them. I think they're called trade paperbacks. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I I know that that's like not the best way to support comics because like supporting them week to week like shows engagement and interest. But to me, I just can't get to the store every Wednesday. And um, but I do. I also just another com- comment about comics is. I've had friends give me codes to the Poe Dameron comic. That's a comic I really did enjoy. The like the final wrap up right after the Last Jedi and like leading. I think it was the only piece of canon material that happened immediately after the Last Jedi. I loved that, and our friend Amy gave me the codes for that each time it came out, and I loved reading it on my phone. And I think the Marvel app is so awesome. And if you guys are like considering going totally digital for comics, it was such a it's such a like intuitive experience where it zooms in on each panel and I really really liked it and I probably will do it again in the future um the digital comics so we have one more question that just came through um over twitter um and it's from Paige and she says I personally hope one of the new Star Wars movies is an Ahsoka movie a very lofty and far out probably but I can hope what are your thoughts on the possibility of an Ahsoka movie ever happening? I think the discourse on an Ahsoka movie would drive me insane. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Honestly. But if there was Honestly. a like a feature length Ahsoka animated film that came to Disney Plus, I would be so happy. 
Yeah, I'd be very about that. I think. I mean, I'm I I'm for any well thought out good Ahsoka content, and I know that that would all be driven by Dave because that is his character, and he has the most authority over her. Which, again, the discourse about all of that, I think, would be really frustrating for me personally. So I think I would be happy with whatever form it took, honestly. If they just like surprise dropped an Ahsoka movie on Disney Plus, though, like wouldn't that be so awesome? Like Beyonce style. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'd, I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> I mean, I would love any Ahsoka content, clearly. Yeah. She's my girl. For sure. It would be so awesome. I don't think that's going to be one of the movies, but if it was, I'd be so surprised and excited. Mm hmm. And I'd be pretty confident in whatever story they f- thought was fit to for the big screen. Um, oh, yeah. So would I. And I, I. this is something that Caitlin and I have talked about. This isn't exactly your question, but talking about like an animated movie coming to the big screen is something that I really want. And I know that a lot mm-hmm. of people have high hopes for Ahsoka in live action and me too. I think that would be great. Um, but I do with like the success of um, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man animated movie that came out before, I feel like it, Star Wars can only branch into that medium as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I w- I'm really for like a, a new animated, really well done, like solely animated movie. Obviously, we love the Clone Wars, but the Clone Wars movie is special. Mm-hmm. And uh, to have something that was created to be a mass release film animated, I think would be incredible for Star Wars. Totally. And I think that's it. Those are all of our questions. Thank you for joining us on our Sky Talker Smorgasbord 2019. <laughs> Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> if you like what you hear, you can find us in other places in the internet, such as skytalkers.com or on our Twitter at skytalkerspod. Our personal Twitter handles are at Crarity for Charlotte and at Caitlin Plusher for myself. And you can... We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Five stars and a written review if you're feeling really ambitious because they really make our day, our week, our life. so much better. <laughs> our li- like literally. <laughs> um, we screenshot them and save them to our phones. Um, they mean a lot to us. And they help other people find our show too. So if you know of anyone else who might like a smorgasbord or two, do that um, and uh, talk about our show. <laughs> um, and you can also head on over to our Patreon if you're interested for more bonus content. I know we've said that we're not really reading comics right now, but we actually did do an episode on our Patreon all about the um, comic that just came out a couple weeks ago um, from the Vader series that was not well received and we discussed that a little bit on our patreon as well as we have commentaries and bonus episodes so in a discord as well so fun things are happening mm-hmm. there if you're interested in that kind of content definitely and i want to thank our amazing patrons jason james kathy kate nathan sam bailey eric kelly amy neil mary larry james sarah Susanna, z Cherie, angela diana becca lynn katie courtney brian amy kelly jim suara liz christian kimberly rebecca nicole jonathan rachel aaron unspeakable brooke rebecca kathy katie i rebel kimberly gina ewan donnie vundacast productions christian 
Adam, Megan, Courtney, Centara, Tom, John, Dominic, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpararoo, Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Jennifer, Kyle, Kels, Cass- Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Molly, Helly, Scott, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, The Clashing, Stab- Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.